Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of This Week in History. This week, we're going to look at June 4th to June 10th, and there's a few things going on. We're going to start getting into uh, June pay-per-views, as you can tell, uh, with uh, things like King of the Ring, and of course, we've got uh, some Slammiversaries uh, that'll be happening all this month. But uh, yeah, we got uh, this week's edition. Well, thank you for joining us Thursday afternoon at 12 noon, your lunchtime indulgence into the history of our great sport, which is professional wrestling. And I want to thank our friends over at CoolBet for being part of our shows. I remind everybody to stay cool and bet responsibly. They sponsor all our uh, shows that we do, including the Fantasy Warfare Tournament, This Week in History, and the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. But, of course, they definitely sponsor our Scumbags Prediction League, which happens uh, every pay-per-view for WWE, NXT, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. We have uh, Impact Wrestling uh, coming up uh, later on this month, I believe, for Slammiversary. Or, no, that's July. But this weekend is NXT uh, TakeOver in your house. So uh, tune in and find out how you can be a part of it and win that championship belt. We also have uh, Hell in a Cell coming up in a week and a half. So there's a couple opportunities to earn points and get that belt. Thank you for joining us on YouTube and Facebook. And, of course, anytime we're available on your favorite podcasting outlets, such as Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you get your podcasts from, we're part of the Ontario Independent Podcasting Network here in Ontario and the Johnners Podcasting Network in the UK. So now that I've got all that uh, stuff and fun out of the way, I'm going to bring in Jonesy, who brings us the compilation of all our material for each show. How are things in Niagara, Jonesy? Well, at least the rehearsed material. Um, uh, we have a script and then we just banter. Um How's it up here? It's actually pretty good. It's humid, but it's not as humid as it is in southwestern Ontario. Or sorry, in London. So um, it's a little cooler down here, especially if you go right down to the falls. The temperature difference is uh, quite significant some days. Uh, and it's really lovely. The other day it was pretty hot out and there was just enough mist going by where I was sitting. It was gorgeous. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Speaking of London, unfortunately, uh, we are uh, dealing with some tough times. As recently, a um, lovely gentleman, which I uh, is too good of words for him, uh, unfortunately plowed down a family um, just the other day. And so our city is definitely in mourning. And uh, I want to send out thoughts and prayers to uh, everybody uh, connected to that family that uh, was lost uh, just the other day. Um, tragic, and hopefully we can move on as community. But we are talking about professional wrestling right now and uh, the history of it. So if you're ready to go, so am I. All right, we're going to start with June 4th. 38 years ago in Philly, Andre the Giant defeated Big John Studd. On this day, as a legend has it, uh, Andre the Giant fell asleep during the match with Big John Studd during an eight-and-a-half-minute headlock. Uh, the time of the match was 18 minutes, was actually uh, a long match at that time for those two. Um, wouldn't really... So he actually really fell asleep. 
Yeah, wouldn't actually surprise me in the least uh, about that. Uh, whether he fell asleep uh, legitimately or not, but uh, he probably would have played that on uh, Stud uh, because he hated uh, Big John Stud, and uh, I don't know if it was a professional rivalry or the fact that you know uh, he wanted to be the only giant, and you had Stud trying to be another giant, even though he wasn't going to be. Uh, up Stud, to the same Stud, Stud was a giant, but he wasn't a true giant where Andre was. Yeah, not to the same uh, standards. And I actually, uh, the other day, kind of uh, compared Braun Strowman, who just got released by WWE, to being a modern-day Big John Stud. And who I mentioned to, Alex, uh, he ended up uh, saying that actually uh, Braun Strowman is a more talented person than Big John Stud. So... Yeah, just unfortunately, both guys are gone, and uh, Andre, as I said, did mm. not really like him too much. And no offense to Big John Stud, but I actually thought his action figure was more exciting than the the the, the guy on TV because his tights were awesome, the look was great, but a bit of a snore. But anywho, that's okay. We still love. Big John's dead somewhat. 35 years ago in Argyle, Texas, Carrie Atkinson, a.k.a. Carrie Von Eric, is injured in a motorcycle accident. Carrie would suffer a dislocated hip and a severely damaged right foot, which eventually led to having his foot amputated and fitted with a prosthetic um, foot, of course. Uh, you wouldn't have known watching the Texas tornado that he was actually a minus a foot. And I believe actually Sean was the first one that uh, brought that up to me uh, and let me know that he actually didn't have a foot. And you watch him and it's like, you can kind of see it, but it is hard hard to tell. Yeah, I was surprised uh, myself. But then, like you said, uh, when you start watching it, even him coming to the ring at SummerSlam to go against Mr. Perfect and all that, uh, kind of had a little bit of a limp there uh but yeah you would hey that could have just that. been from the years of wrestling <laughs> exactly but you wouldn't realize that he was in there competing with uh one foot so he was basically ahead of uh even a guy like zach gowan who had only one leg mm -hmm. with a prosthetic yep it's fantastic uh, 19 years ago, at a SmackDown taping, Billy and Chuck defeated Rico and Rikishi in a tag team elimination match to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. Yeah, they, these two uh, weird combination for them. It, uh, Billy Gunn definitely a tag team wrestler more so than a singles guy. And then they cut their hair and they had that... Uh, almost a wedding that they were just like, oh, no, we're not gay, we're not gay. But it was going to be like a, uh, yeah, gay wedding with uh, the two of them. And then they got beat up by yeah, three-minute warning. And Eric Bischoff on that one with the uh, different, the mask was amazing that day. But, yeah, thankfully they did not last uh, too long, but a decent tag team together. Mm-hmm. 16 years ago, WWE re-signs Chris Masters. He would last two years before being let go a second time. Eight years ago, Spike TV announces via press release that they have signed former UFC light heavyweight champion Quentin Rampage Jackson to appear on both TNA and Bellator MMA programming. 
Uh, Jackson would only wrestle one match in TNA, and after seeing how TNA ran things, he has said he had no plans on a return. And uh, Rampage Jackson is also uh, one-time uh, B.A. Baracus in the uh, A-Team movie that they uh, put out uh, about, what, good five, ten years ago? Yeah, that movie does not exist for me. Sorry. I never watched it. It's, and that's what a lot of people say. It's a happy 44th birthday to John Watson, best known to wrestling fans as Mikey Whipwreck. Watson starred in ECW as part of the ring crew, trained by Cactus Jack, and would become an ECW Triple Crown champion. Another small guy who had an amusing run, who didn't have an offensive maneuver in the early part of his career. He even won the ECW TV championship against Pitbull without hitting one move of offense. He recently, Today would have been the... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, just speaking of uh, Mikey Whipwreck, he recently uh, announced that he's not going to be doing any more uh, autograph signings and stuff like that. He's, I guess, suffering a lot of migraine headaches and uh, health issues right now. So uh, hopefully uh, he can get better. And even if he doesn't go back on the road or do uh, comic conventions, hopefully just for his own health, uh, he can uh, get better. Yep. That's what happens when you have years of getting hit in the face with stuff and being flung around like the, a rag doll. Anyways, moving on to Mr. Monsoon. Today would have been the 83rd birthday of Robert James Gino Morella, a.k.a. one of the all-time best commentators of all time, at least in my opinion, uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Now, if you read up on Gorilla Monsoon, a lot of people didn't like him as a commentator, which, okay, but... That's okay. Monsoon was a giant in high school, playing multiple sports and weighing over 300 pounds. However, his nickname given was Tiny, but of course. Uh, he would get his pro start wrestling for New York promoter Pedro Martinez, debuting as Italian-American babyface Gino Morella. He quickly became a heel as a man born on an isolated farm in Manchuria that spoke no English, ate raw meat, and drank the blood of his victims. Really? This is the same monsoon? Yikes. He would have feuds with the likes of Bruno San Martino for the WWWF uh, championship. Over time, Monsoon would become one-sixth shareholder of the WWWF and would become um, one of the WWWF's top heels. He would feud with um, superstar Billy Graham, Killer Kowalski, Ernie Cat, uh, Big Cat Lad, and, of course, Andre the Giant. He also airplane-spinned and slammed Muhammad Ali in 1976 in Philadelphia. God, that must have been awesome. After retiring, Morella would sell his shares of the WWF to Vince Jr. and in return was given lifetime employment as part of honoring longtime friend of Vince Sr.'s. Uh, Monsoon would go on to have a long career as the main commentator for the first six WrestleManias and became a legend. On October 6, 1999, Morella died of heart failure brought on by complications of diabetes. He was 62. Both WWF and WCW both 
paid tribute to Monsoon following his passing. Uh, the staging area near the wrestler's entrance is known today as the gorilla position, where Monsoon was to be found during WWF events. Monsoon is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, class of 94, a member of the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, class of 2010, and a member of the professional wing of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, class of 2011. Yeah, uh, just one of the greatest combos. Uh, him and Jesse were really good together. Uh, people always loved the relationship that Gorilla had with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And uh, I actually remember uh, when Gorilla passed away, uh, Bobby paying tribute to him on Nitro uh, that uh, following uh, Monday night and just really broken up over the loss of his friend. Um, Gorilla was the one who tossed Bobby Heenan out of uh, WDE and sent him packing on uh, TV. And then, of course, it's unfortunate that also he sur uh, survived his son, who passed away before his, uh, he did, and that was referee Joy Morella, uh, who was one of the top re uh, referees, especially in the uh, mid to uh, early 90s, uh, mid 80s to early 90s. Uh, before dying in a car crash. So, yeah, uh, family deep in the world of uh, WD. All right, and with that said, we're going to move on now to June 5th, 41, yeah, 41 years ago in Tokyo, Japan. Antonio Noki defeated Stan Hansen via DQ in the final to win the MSG League for a third straight year. This tournament is now known as the G1 Climax. And look 21 years. Sorry? And look at that leap. Oh, yeah. Boot right in the melon. Kind of looks like um, uh, Liu Kang doing the whoa. 21 <laughs> years ago on Nitro from Atlanta, Georgia, Eric Bischoff defeated Terry Funk to win the WCW Hardcore Championship. This would be Bischoff's only title win and would forfeit the title at the next Thunder. What's the point? Also on the show, Goldberg made his in-ring return to WCW with a quick victory over Tank Abbott after recovering from the limo arm smash incident that buggered his arm. Dumbass. God, I love watching that. 20 years ago on a SmackDown taping uh, in North Dakota, Jeff Hardy defeated Jerry Lynn to win the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. 17 years ago in Osaka, Japan, the world-class tag team of Ghetto and Jado uh, defeated American Dragon and Curry Man, Brian Danielson, and Christopher Daniels to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. 15 years ago, WWE announces they have acquired the World Class Championship Wrestling and Stampede Wrestling Libraries, minus the Stampede matches uh, featuring Bret Hart, which Hart owns the rights to. Uh, hence, days after uploading the old new content, the WWE Network would pull the content in December 2015. I'm not sure if it's back up or... Yeah, I'm not, sure. I'm not totally sure what's going on with that. And then... Uh, it, kind of uh, strange that everything uh, from Stampede, except for Brett's uh, matches were sold uh, to uh, WD and then Brett has those and they were trying to use them, I think as part of that DVD that they uh, made of Brett uh, where 
had he not actually agreed to do the DVD and come back to WD and be a part of it properly, it was actually going to be a hatchet job like the uh, self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. And uh, I think it was going to be like Brett Screwed Brett or something like that. The DVD was called. But he didn't want his legacy tarnished like how uh, Warriors was. And that's why he agreed to uh, come and uh, do that DVD, which opened a lot of doors for reconciliation between the company. But, uh, yeah, just odd that they were able to acquire everything except for a certain person's work. Like, mm-hmm. where, where else can you do that? Like, like imagine uh, going to uh, Major League Baseball and buying all the uh, games to show except for Lou Gehrig. <laughs> oh, sorry, you can't do that. Oh, you want uh, Nolan Ryan? Nope, sorry, Nolan has all those ones. That's like buying one of those best ofs and the main song of that person is not on there. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. So we'll move on to 13 years ago, WWE re-signs AC Connor, a.k.a. D'Lo Brown, um, a four-time WWE European champion and intercontinental champ. Uh, He would wrestle primarily in dark matches during his brief comeback. He made just one TV appearance in his return, defeating Santino Morella on Raw. He would be released in 2009 due to budget cuts. I'm not sure if you say his name Aki or AC, or I'm not sure, maybe AC. AC Connor. And yeah, I think think you uh, mentioned, uh, I'm not sure, looking at that. Uh, No, it's not here, but... uh, he actually uh, did have, uh, thankfully, uh, an education outside of uh, wrestling where he was a uh, certified uh, accountant. So uh, at least he uh, yes. has something to back up on. And he's currently uh, doing commentary on Impact Wrestling with, uh, I believe it's Matt Stryker uh, and him uh, doing that every uh, Thursday on cool. uh, wherever you find uh, impact whether it's access pop no access in the states and fight network here in Canada. You know, I've always been a fan of D Lo Brown. Oh, you better recognize it's a happy 37th birthday to Aussie born Alexa Ryan, aka former two time shimmer champ, Madison Eagles. Madison Eagles, June 6th. Never heard of Madison Eagles, but hey. June 6, 42 years ago in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, Vern Gagne and Mad Dog Vachon defeated Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens to win the AWA World Tag Team Championship. Isn't that a handsome uh, tag team right there? Absolutely. I mean, Gagne looks like, you know, a stand-up businessman or, you know, grandfather or tycoon. And the other guy, he... He, lo- he looks like he's going to kick you out of a bar in a minute. Yep. So June 6th, I already did that one. So uh, 28 years ago on June 6th, in Albany, New York, Shawn Michaels defeated Marty Jannetty to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And Kevin Nash would make his WWF debut as Shawn Michaels' unnamed bodyguard. 24 years ago, ECW presented Wrestlepalooza 97. Some of the matches on that card, Shane Douglas defeated Chris Chetty to retain the ECW World TV belt. Terry Funk defeated Chris Candido to retain the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. 
Tommy Dreamer defeated Raven in a Loser Leaves Town match. Raven would be on his way to WCW to form the flock. And Taz defeated Shane Douglas via submission to win the ECW World Television Championship. 21 years ago in a Thunder taping in Knoxville, Chavo Lieutenant Loco Guerrero defeated Daphne and Disco Inferno in a three-way match to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. 13 yeah, years ago? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that was during the time with the uh, Misfits in Action, and you had the GI Bro and Major Guns, and uh, it was a Hugh Morris became Hugh G. Right. General Hugh Erection, <laughs> and then there was Lash LaRue as uh, uh, Captain Cajun or something like that, and yeah, Chavo got to be the Yeah, I gotta say, I wasn't a fan when uh, both of them, whether it was WCW or WWF, had just so many damn factions, it was ridiculous. I don't mind factions if they're used properly. But oh, some of them, some of them were like, were fun, but all in all, there was just too many factions. Is it like, like what has wrestling turned into like a gang's part now? It just well, 97 <laughs> was basically gang warfare uh, time for uh, WWE, and that was a decent time, at least. Uh, and that's where people could break out and do everything. Uh, you had the nation who all could be Hall of Famers, just the nation wasn't a Hall of Fame group. You know, it's weird how though. He, and I think Tom Pritchard, not Tom, Bruce Pritchard has mentioned sometimes you put together guys who aren't doing anything and make a faction of them and you see who can rise to the top and somebody always breaks out and that's how you uh, hide them for a little bit until they're ready. And, you know, look at what happened uh, with Dwayne Johnson. He was die, Rocky, die and all this other stuff and got injured, came back and joined the nation and took over uh, and even eclipsed what the nation could do. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. 11 years ago, Triple A presented Triple Mania uh, 18 from Mexico City. Uh, Octagoncito uh, defeated a bunch of minis in an LTC match. Uh, TLC minis match to win the triple A minis championship. That'd be actually kind of fun to see. Uh, Los Manicos, uh, consisting of Silver King and Ultimo Gladiator, defeated La Hermandad Extremia, which was Nico and Joe Linder. Beer Money, James Storm, and Robert Rude, and Go Shuzaki, which was Atoshi Akoi. In a four-team elimination match to win the Triple A World Tag Team Championship, I love that poster, man. That's a great poster. Uh, Jack Evans defeated uh, Nos Nosawa, Christopher Daniels, and Extreme Tiger to win the Triple A Cruiserweight Championship. Doctor Wagner Jr. defeated Electroshock to win the Triple A World Heavyweight Championship. In La Parca defeated La Parca. Sorry, it should be L.A. Park defeated La Parca to keep the La Parca name. Yeah, just to go back one, uh, we were talking too much. And uh, missed 13 years ago at uh, Ring of Honor, up for grabs in Hartford, Connecticut, the age of the fall, Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black, who we know as uh, Seth Rollins, uh, defeated Kevin Steen, a.k.a. Kevin Owens, and El Generico, which is Sami Zayn, in the finals of a one-night tournament 
to win the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. Fans would uh, litter the ring in protest over the win. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs had uh, ended up working behind the scenes in WWE, got let go, and I believe he went uh, over to Impact Wrestling and was wrestling again, but I think he's now working behind the scenes with them. All right. Thank you for that. Now I'm back on track. Ten years ago, Andy Levine is announced the winner of the Tough Enough reboot on Raw. Just two months after his win, he violates the WWE's wellness policy and is suspended for 30 days. He's released in April 2012, less than a year after his win. He would move out to uh, on to competing for World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico. June 7th, 39 years ago, in Greenville, South Carolina, Sergeant Slaughter defeated Wahoo McDaniel, who was injured and forfeited to win the NWA United States Championship. 26 years ago, in Jellico, Tennessee, the Thugs, uh, Tony Anthony and Tracy Smothers, defeated the dynamic duo of Al Snow and Unabomb uh, to win the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Championship. Uh, did you know that this was the only tag team t title belt change in Smoky Mountain that didn't involve the Rock and Roll Express nor the Heavenly Bodies? And who do you have on screen there? I know the one that's Kevin Sullivan. Who's the other guy there? No, that is not Kevin Sullivan. On no. your uh, left-hand side would be the late Tracy Smothers, right. uh, who's part of the Thugs. And the other one on the right-hand side, uh, which you thought was uh, Kevin Sullivan, is actually Dirty White Boy, uh, Tony Anthony, who then, unfortunately, because of the uh, connection that WWE had with Smoking Mountain and the uh, stuff they did with Corny, uh, bringing in Heavenly Bodies and uh, Freddie Joe Floyd, which was also Tracy Smothers, this is Anthony uh, Tony Anthony, and he became T.L. Hopper, the plumber. That's it. All right, T.L. Hopper. I'm like, okay, who is he? Because I, I recognize the damn face. Yep. He does have a, definitely a Kevin uh, Sullivan look to him, but Dirty White Boy uh, Tony Anthony became T.L. Hopper and ate a turd from a pool. Excellent. Fun. 18... And he's a fun drum, people. Ah. 18 years ago, WWE presented Insurrection from England. Uh, Jazz defeated Trish Stratus to retain the WWE Women's Championship. Christian defeated Booker T to retain the WWE Intercontinental Championship. RBD and Kane defeated La Resistance, which was uh, Sylviane Grenier and Rene Dupuy uh, to retain the World Tag Team Championship. And Triple H defeated Kevin Nash in a street fight to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. <clears throat> yeah, this is probably available on the WWE Network, uh, especially with the special ones that they did. Uh, over in the UK and that. Awesome. I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever seen that one. 15 years ago, WWE presented WWE versus ECW head-to-head. -head. Uh, this card was a soft launch of the reboot of ECW five days before One Night Stand. Uh, just a few of the matches. Big Show last eliminated Randy Orton to win the WWE ECW Battle Royal. Uh, Edge defeated Tommy Dreamer in an Extreme Rules match. And John Zena defeated Sabu via DQ in a non-title match. 
15 years ago, John Anthony Tenta Jr., a.k.a. Earthquake, died of a bladder cancer in Sanford, Florida. He was 42. Tenta was born on June 22nd. Uh, 22nd, 1963, at 11 pounds, 3 ounces, yikes, in Surrey, B.C., uh, in Canada, of course. At a young age, he began wrestling career in high school and became a Canadian junior champion in 1981. And he would finish sixth in the super heavyweight division at the World Junior Wrestling Championships in Vancouver, British Columbia. He would go on to Louisiana State University on an athletic scholarship in wrestling, but in 1985, LSU dropped wrestling, forcing Tenta to choose a new sport. He would play football and rugby. After university, he would move on to Japan to pursue a career in sumo wrestling. Uh, even though he started late in sumo at age 22, most would start at age 15, uh, this didn't prevent him from being a success. Named Koto Tenta, which means Tenta the Harp, he would win all 24 of his bouts and would later be, be named Koten Tenza, or Heavenly Mountain Harp. Of course, that makes sense. He would also be, uh, also be nicknamed the Canadian Comet by the Japanese press. I get Canadian Comet, all right. Uh, Tenta would walk away from a sumo career partly due to the difficult lifestyle of sumo. And, be, uh, and because he had a tattoo that is often associated with gangsters in Japan and public display, display is largely prohibited. He would then join uh, Shohei Giant Baba's All Japan Pro Wrestling, debuting on May 1st, 1987, for about a year and a half, and would tour with Vancouver-based NWA All-Star Wrestling. His size obviously made him very attractive to American promoters, and he was snatched up by, of course, the WWF, and he would become one of the ultimate threats to Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania run. Yeah, I still remember, uh, obviously, uh, when he got brought in. I think uh, they were doing tapings in uh, B.C. Uh, when they brought him in. And uh, it was during the feud with Dino Bravo and the Ultimate Warrior and doing push-ups and stuff like that. And they got a volunteer from the audience at random, but just happened to be on the hard camera side halfway up the aisle. And, and right on the end of the aisle. aisle. <laughs> yeah. And just came in, and oh, his name is John, and he sat on Dino's uh, back, and Dino pressed him, and then he sat on Warrior's back, and that's when he squashed him, and they beat him up, and all of a sudden he became Canadian Earthquake, and he had the really bad shiny brown, uh, Shawn Michaels looking uh, bad brown uh, trunks, and finally went to blue. But, uh, yeah, and then he dropped the Canadian part of Earthquake. And, of course, we got him squishing Damien the snake and making snake burgers. He got him mm. taking out uh, Hogan on the Brother Love show, uh, leading up to uh, Hogan going away for a while to do a movie, which I think was Suburban Commando, coming back in time for uh, SummerSlam 1990 and facing off against each other and took quite the chair shots to the back he had welts all over him uh from uh that match uh there and then eventually tugboat uh turned and went uh and joined him as typhoon and unfortunately he was galga but and then wcw shark i'm not a shark i'm not a no, fish he's not a shark 
And it was Avalanche. And honestly, yeah. I think he was one of the 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 best bad guys for the WWF. Um, it was a simple character, and the best is when he squished Hulk Hogan on the Brother Love show and the whole thing they did with that. It, it, and it that was when, to me, SummerSlam was just as good as WrestleMania. Yeah, and then uh, with uh, also, I'm going to WCW. That was uh, basically a deal where Hogan uh, was bringing in guys who he fought uh, before in WWE, and it's been said, I think, on uh, 83 Weeks, that it wasn't necessarily so he could get back wins like uh, the people thought with the Warrior being brought in, but he trusted those people from his WWE times as opposed to new people in WCW. And he trusted Rick, obviously, uh, and Rick helped him get in there, Rick Flair did. But, you know, all these other guys from uh, Earthquake and uh, obviously Beefcake and others that he feuded with Randy, he brought in because he was comfortable with them. And it's unfortunate that after the whole uh, time with Hogan and the Dungeon of Doom crap, they lost direction with uh, Earthquake and what uh, John and what to do with them. And they had him feuding with uh, Bossman and losing part of his hair, feuding with Duggan, all things that he did before and just made no sense in WCW. So it's a shame. And of course, unfortunately, he got Golga because uh, he had lost so much weight. I think he's a guy that they should have stuck with the NWO and he would just come to the ring and, you know, squish people on the outside. And that's all you had to do with him. Yep. Anyways, 12 years ago, WWE presented Extreme Rules. Uh, on this card, a lot of things happened. Uh, Kofi Kingston defeated MVP, William Regal, and Matt Hardy in a fatal four-way match to win the WWE United States Championship. Chris Jericho defeated Rey Mysterio in a no-holds-barred match to win the WWE IC belt. Tommy Dreamer defeated Christian and Jack Swagger in a triple threat match to win the ECW championship. Santina Morella defeated Vicky Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero in a hog pen match to win the title of Miss WrestleMania. Uh, Batista defeated Randy Orton in a steel cage match to win the WWE championship and become the first to win that belt in a steel cage, believe it or not. Um, and correct me if that's wrong, but that's what I have read and kind of found out and looked up. Yeah. Uh, Je Jeff Hardy defeated Edge in a ladder match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Post-match, CM Punk cashed in his money in the bank, uh, and CM Punk defeated Jeff Hardy in just 61 seconds to win the World Heavyweight Championship. You take out the... Um, win by Santino there, which was just not a real title. It was just the title of Mr. WrestleMania. But my God, is this the most titles that have ever changed hands in a pay-per-view? Just like, wow, it's a big chunk of them. Yeah, it's almost like just hitting a huge reset. Like five. There's five title changes right there. Yeah, kind of crazy. Makes me actually want to watch that one now. Uh, 11 years ago, WWE presented a viewer's choice edition of Raw. All of the matches on the show were determined by a live vote. Uh, Vladimir Kozlov defeated Sando, Santino Morella in a dance-off. Maurice won a Divas Battle Royal. Randy Orton defeated Edge via DQ. Edge had one arm tied behind his back for the match. 
and John Cena and CM Punk fought to a no contest. Near the conclusion of the match, NXT Season 1 winner Wade Barrett comes out. Pandemonium hit as the rest of the rookies from the first season of NXT would surround the ring and John Cena would be torn apart. Anyone uh, involved with WWE got their asses kicked. Um, and uh, Sean, if you want to put a little more in on what kind of happened at the end of that uh, broadcast. Yeah, it was kind of uh, interesting to see uh, WWE for the first time really sending NXT uh, rookies who became the Nexus with, you can see in this picture, having the armbands, but they sent them out there to basically be ring crew and take the ring apart before the uh, uh, fans had left for the night. Uh, they started taking the ropes off. They started taking up the uh, rope that uh, held down the canvas, pe peeled back the canvas and the padding, exposing the boards. And then, of course, Dana Bryan uh, was choking out Justin Roberts with his own tie. And uh, they just totally destroyed uh, John Cena. I think they did uh, hit CM Punk a bit, but Punk got out of there and Cena was their uh, target. And it should have made for a really hot summer and uh, beyond. And we unfortunately know what happened uh, with that and why uh, Nexus kind of failed. I think I mentioned, I think on uh, last week's episode, that Fred Rosser, who was... Uh, uh, Oh, I can't think of his name at the moment. Uh, Darren Young, sorry. I uh, had a brain fart for a second. Darren Young uh, was just recently doing a uh, interview f for a documentary coming up on uh, the network. Dana Bryan's contract just recently ended. Uh, Wade Barrett is back with uh, WD commenting for the proper NXT. Uh, Tarver, God only knows what happened with him. Justin Gabriel, I think, is on uh, good talking terms with WD. Um, so he uh, should be doing something uh, with that uh, documentary as well. I believe uh, Heath Slater or Heath Miller, as his uh, name, is over in uh, Impact Wrestling. But I think he's injured. And, of course, we have Skip Sheffield, who was... Ryback, who nobody wants around, and he keeps on putting up polls on his uh, social medias, such as uh, Twitter, for uh, definitely wondering where he should go next and putting WDAW, NXT, or retire. And most of the people are voting retire. <laughs> He's saying, whoa, that's a fake vote, and I've been hacked. So I think people just want him to retire. But Go figure. Yeah, it's too bad because he was getting cheered and everything, and then everything fell apart for him. Yeah. Uh, moving on, it's a happy 32nd birthday to Tyler Conrad Mellon, a.k.a. Uh, Tyler Hendricks. Uh, Tyler would have a brief, brief run in 2012 and 2013, had to appear... Um, uh, I'm trying to, no, oh, that didn't look good at all. Uh, had two appearance in uh, 2014 as one of the Adam Rosebuds and had some ROH appearances. She also was three-time OVW Women's Champion. It would have been a happy birthday, uh, 71st birthday to legendary ring announcer Howard Finkel. And um, 
it's too bad that he that he is gone and he at least he did live the 71 that still those young for especially how small he was um when he was more in his prime and then he ballooned pretty big there but uh, yeah. he is a he is actually a hoot um and if you have yet to have watched the um uh legends house um it's worth watching for these guys uh, especially jim duggan jim duggan and um uh ratty piper are just hilarious in it going on the june 8th 33 years ago in japan the glamour girls leilani kai and julie martin defeated the jumping bomb angels uh nori ten tenu and Azumi yakuzaki to win the wwf women's tag team championship uh, some neat facts here. The titles changed hands due to a countout, as is standard in Japan. And the Glamour Girls are the only two-time WWF Tag Women's Champions. Uh, plus, neither team was contractually obligated to the WWF at the time. Uh, the girls would hold the titles until it was retired on February 14th, 1989. I think they had more, uh, less competition for those titles than they do right now like i think even today after all the different releases over the last little bit they have just three teams uh actually viable for the current titles but they <laughs> did have more uh recently uh with the riot squad and the iconics and stuff like that but during that uh, incarnation of the titles i don't know who else was uh, vying for them other than the glamour girls and jumping bomb angels yeah you didn't you didn't see the titles on TV very often, uh, they might have used them more on the road. But then again, you got to get at least two somewhat women names and then find two other women to go against them. But uh, I, I honestly don't recall seeing many women's matches when I went seeing them live, uh, except for seeing um, Frig Bolnacano and um, of course London Blaze until wrestling got more into the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, you just didn't see a lot of women's wrestling. Well, that was, well, even with the Lunder and uh, Bull, that was mid, uh, early to mid 90s uh, there. These titles were retired uh, by 89. I recall seeing them on, uh, what was it, the very first uh, Royal Rumble from Hamilton that was uh, oh, yes. defended uh, between the two teams, shocking. And of course, um, at the first uh, Survivor Series, where they had the uh, heavyweight men's division, the intercontinental men's division, uh, the tag team, and then 10 women, which included the Bomb Angels and Glamour Girls on either side. So they had a women's uh, one, but that first Survivor Series in 87 only had four matches on it. Yeah. 33 years ago, NWA presented Clash of the Champions to Miami Mayhem. Uh, look at those graphics. Yes. Uh, Barry Windham defeated Brad Armstrong to retain the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship. The Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers, defeated the Sheep Herders, Luke and Butch, to retain the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. And Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard versus Dusty Rhodes and Sting for the NWA World Tag Team Championship ended in a double DQ. 31 years ago at an all-Japan wrestling TV taping in Tokyo, Japan, Mitsuhara Misawa 
uh, defeated Jumbo to Sarutra uh, in a stunning upset victory. The original booking had Jumbo winning, but with the fans buying up his merchandise and chanting his name before the show began, the call was made. That call was made by big man Giant Baba. 24 years ago, WWF presented King of the Ring. In this one, Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Armand Johnson in the King of the Ring semifinal match. Mankind defeated Jerry Lawler in a King of the Ring semifinal match. Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Mankind to win the 1997 King of the Ring tournament. And The Undertaker defeated Farouk to retain the WWF championship. Is there anything I'm missing in that one? No, uh, that seemed like a uh, decent one. I, I think actually that one also had uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, Steve Austin. Uh, probably team. did. I probably just took it up for time. <laughs> they were tag team champions at the time, and they uh, ended up uh, facing each other. Uh, and this was before their WrestleMania uh, matchup that they'd end up having. Uh, but they were tag team champions who had to go against each other. This was also the start of... Uh, Mankind becoming a fan favorite because they were just talking about uh, Mrs. Foley's baby boy and the interviews with Jim Ross and showing the Dude Love stuff. And so they were getting close to the birth of uh, Dude Love. Unfortunately, Triple H won the King of the Ring, which was supposed to be the year before, but the curtain call uh, halted that one. But he worked his way back up uh, over the year and proved himself to get the King of the Ring nod the following year. But the prop that they gave him with that crown, oh my God, just, I, I didn't find the photo, and uh, probably Triple H would be happy that I didn't. Uh, but it was just a really bad-looking crown that he destroyed in numerous times, trying to not have to wear that thing. And they kept on just producing him another one until they finally got the hint and stopped. Uh, doing it, but uh, yeah, that was leading up to SummerSlam, uh, the blue cage, and McFoley ripping off his uh, mankind shirt to show the heart of Dude Love. But this was a huge brawl uh, that happened here, and even actually in between. Uh, now that I think of it, in between was uh, I think uh, the Calgary Stampede uh, in your house, where they end up brawling all the way. Uh, around uh, the saddle dome as well. So it was a yeah, big opportunity uh, for Mankind or McFoley and uh, Triple H to prove uh, themselves and eventually get into the uh, higher echelon. But they were right there between the uh, mid-card and going, getting themselves into the main event status. Cool. And thank you for that story. Um, we're going on to 22 years ago at a Raw is War number 316. Uh, Ivory defeated Deborah to win the WWF Women's Championship, and Stone Cold was the CEO of the day. 22 years ago at a WCW Thunder from Syracuse, New York, Perry Saturn, and Chris Benoit defeat Diamond Dallas Page and Canyon to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. 
17 years ago at a WWE event in Germany, John Layfield is fired from CNBC. Awesome. You got the picture. Uh, the reason JBL, the wrestler, did the goose step and gave the Nazi salute several times. Uh, luckily for John Layfield, he didn't get charged for this illegal action in Germany because the Germans, unlike CNBC, knows it was a wrestling character that did it and not the actual real man. Uh, and despite the public uh, relations nightmare that JBL caused, he still would win the WWE Championship three weeks later. 13 years ago, TNA presented Slammiversary. Awesome Kong defeated both Serena Deb and Josie Robinson in two separate $25,000 challenge matches. Samoa Joe defeated Booker T, Christian Cage, Rhino, and Robert Roode in a King of the Ring uh, sorry, in a King of the Mountain match to retain TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Kevin Nash was the special enforcer. After the show, a construction worker uh, fell to his death when a scaffold he was on broke and collapsed. Uh, falling 20 feet to the floor, another man was injured in the incident. Kind of a sucky way to end show. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Seven years ago in Tokyo, Japan, Ricochet defeated Kushida to win the 2014 New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Junos 21 tournament and earned an IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match at Dominion. And it's a, a happy 63rd birthday to Daniel Dwayne Severin, a.k.a. Dane to be Severin. Uh, Severin's looking good in that picture. Severin is considered one of the most decorated grapplers of all time. He was an alternate for the 1980 and 84 and 1988 Summer Olympic teams in wrestling. Uh, he won 13 AAU National Championships from 82 to 94. He is also a member of the Arizona State University Hall of Fame, a Triple Crown UFC champion, UFC H uh, Hall of Famer, and a two-time NWA champion. I particularly was not a fan of his wrestling style, but my God, he, he, he certainly uh, did a lot in the sports industry. Yeah, it's like watching paint dry. <clears throat> All right. 30 years ago, on June 9th, the Universal Wrestling uh, presented UWF Beach Brawl from Palamento, Florida. Only 550 fans were in attendance, with about 18,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Uh, some names on the card uh, in this 91 card was Boris Zukov, Firecat, Terry Gordy, Brian Blair, and Jim Brunzel. Orndorff, Colonel De Beers, Bob Orton, Cactus Jack, and more. Uh, Rock and Robin defeated uh, Candy Devine to win the UWF Women's Championship, and Steve Williams defeated Bam Bam Bigelow to win the UWF Sports Channel Television Championship. And that's Sounded the, like a uh, good card. Uh, too bad they didn't get a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, title is the one that Herb Abrams is holding right there. This was actually a train wreck of a show. Uh, you can find it on YouTube Ooh. if you uh, want to uh, have do. fun with uh, stupidity uh, with seven fans watching. And, of course, if you happen to watch uh, Dark Side of the Ring Season 2, there is a episode with Herb Abrams and talking about this and everything. Uh, the man was just really messed up, way too much uh, money and 
fame somehow got to his head, bought uh, blazing yellow uh, cowboy boots, had hookers and a lot of blow uh, going on, and that was his uh, downfall. Cocaine and hookers and yellow boots. Check yeah, back the, then uh, I wasn't into blow. I was into glow. Uh-huh. Very much. 30 yeah, years check. ago in Mexico City, Mexico, uh, Conan El Barbero uh, defeated Cien Caras in the finals of a tournament to become the first CMLL World Heavyweight Champion. And that is Cien Caras. Uh, I've lost Chris for the moment. I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah, uh, Conan, uh, great uh, grappler. He was uh, also just recently at AEW uh, Double or Nothing, and uh, yeah, it was hard to find There's a picture uh, of uh, Jay Strongbow. Twenty-six we years ago in, sorry. I think we might have talked over each other. Do you want to go with the uh, Hall of Fame again? Oh, sure. The Hall of Fame. We'll go back there. Uh, 27 years ago, WWF holds its first ever Hall of Fame induction ceremony from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, this would be the first year a full class was inducted. As the year before, it was just Andre the Giant. Inductees included Freddie Balassi, Bobo Brazil, James Dudley, um, Gorilla Monsoon, Arnold Scanland, uh, Buddy Rogers, and Chief J. Strongbow. And I don't believe that was a Dudley brother. No. 26 years ago in Tokyo, Japan, the Holy Demon Army, uh, Tohaki uh, Kawada and Akira Tao, uh, defeated Kenta Kobayashi and Mitsuhura Masawa to win the All Japan Pro Wrestling Unified World Tag Team Championship. I'm getting better at those names. 23 years ago on Nitro from Boston, Jeff Jarrett defeated Dean Malenko to win the WCW United States Championship. And the Stinger would repel from the Raptors to save a beaten down DDP. 21 years ago, the Holy uh, Demon Army had another big win, uh, defeated Teiko Omari and Yoko. Yokiyashi Takayama in a tournament final to win the All Japan Pro Wrestling Unified World Tag Team Championship. Uh, this would be the Holy Demon Army's sixth and final tag team championship. It wouldn't last long, though, as uh, Kira Tao and about a dozen wrestlers walked out of the company in protest of its ousted president, Mr. Shirahara Misawala. Yikes. Uh, Misawa uh, would go on to form pro wrestling Noah. 17 years ago at an NWA TNA weekly pay-per-view taping, AJ Styles defeated Kazarian to win the TNA X Division Championship. And 12 years ago, Batista vacates the WWE Championship after it's revered, revealed he suffered a torn left bicep in the steel cage match against Randy Orton two days earlier. Today would have been the 97th birthday of James E. Barnett, a.k.a. Jim Barnett. Uh, Burnett, who initially was a pro wrestler turned promoter, was the guy who came up with the idea of setting up a wrestling ring in a TV studio and doing live matches instead of highlights from an arena show. 
This would change the landscape of how wrestling programming would be presented for years to come. Uh, in 83, Barnett uh, would serve as a senior vice president for the WWF and had a hand in the first three WrestleMania shows. He would go on to Jim Cornette Promotions and stay with them until WCW's shutdown. He was 80 years old when he passed. Barnett, an openly gay promoter, is a member of the inaugural class of Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame in 1996. Yeah, uh, JR has a lot of uh, stories involving uh, Mr. Barnett and even does a lovely impersonation of uh, Mr. Barnett. Ah, cool. June 10th. Uh, he didn't do any of those stories when we were seeing him, did he? Uh, there might have been a uh, Jim Barnett in there. Yeah. My boy. Mm -hmm. Going on to June 10th, 38 years ago in St. Louis, Missouri, Harley Race defeated Ric Flair 2-1 in a best of three falls match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. This would end Race's 631-day run as champion. 26 years ago, Triple A presented Triple Mania 3, a part one uh, from Mexico, Super Calo pinned uh, Angel Mortal in a mask versus mask match. Uh, Parazito Rojo uh, was the last man in the cage in a minis cage match. The last man in the cage was forced to unmask a Mr. Payato Sato Rojo uh, is the one that had to unmask. 25 years ago on Nitro, Kevin Nash makes his return to WCW as Scott Hall's big surprise. And Nash wasn't there to play. This would be the last time Raw beat Nitro in the ratings until April of 98. 19 years ago, Stone Cold Steve Austin walks uh, out on WWE just uh, hours before Raw. This would be the second time Austin would walk out that year. Austin was not happy with the storyline and didn't want to lose his equity to increase ratings. He was scheduled to start a feud with Brock Lesnar. Uh, Austin wouldn't return to Raw until the next February. For this episode of Raw, uh, the focus would be moved to Ric Flair and McMahon's feud. Uh, Vince McMahon defeated Ric Flair in a no-holds-barred match to become the 100% owner of the WWE. Yeah, this was the time when... Uh... Austin took his ball and went home, and he, I guess, says he it wasn't anything personal against Brock Lesnar, but Brock wasn't there long enough for him to just be put over that quickly uh, in a non-hyped-up uh, matchup, and this was just a King of the Ring qualifier. It was going to get squished. He would have gladly put over Brock had they uh, had time to build up to it, and uh, advertised more than just a, oh, by the way, next week this is happening. And uh, they tried changing it, didn't like it. He then went home and uh, wasn't seen for a while. They did a hatchet job on him uh, with uh, the Raw magazine and also uh, the very brief uh, run that WD Confidential had on uh, Spike TV at the time, uh, talking about taking his ball and going home eventually. Uh, JR was able to uh, get him and Vince uh, together and uh, iron things out for him to return. But, yep, it was a difficult year for Steve at that time. A lot of pain going on with injuries mm. and creative not going his way. 
Yep, but of course, we all forgive Steve Austin. Yeah. Nine years ago, TNA presented Slammiversary from Texas. Former WWE and NWA champion Christian Cage would make a cameo appearance. Uh, Brooke Tashmacher defeated Gail Kim to win the TNA Knockouts Championship. AJ Styles and Kurt Angle defeated Christopher Daniels and Kazarian to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. And to finish everything off, Bobby Roode defeated Sting to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. And that is it for this week in wrestling history. Of course, it's compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CagesideSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans like you and journalists that had front row seats to history. And a big thank you to, of course, our sponsor, sponsor CoolBet. Uh, CoolBet.com and sports book betting and casino games. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, stay cool and bet responsibly. Go check out CoolBet. And they can uh, help you uh, get into the game. Now, uh, we also want to remind you that ProWrestlingTees.com has our t-shirts. Uh, you can get any of the uh, four designs there. But always, you can get a uh, Ontario comic book version. And that will always support Stephen's Wrestling Journey, where Stephen Spice was our guest a couple of weeks ago on a podcast. And he's uh, still uh, doing research with Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto for curing malformation. Uh, nobody else is uh, studying it here in Canada, and this is the best way he can give back. Uh, if you've ever been uh, at an indie show and met uh, Stephen or seen him, you know he knows his stuff and uh, can lip back with the best of them. He's a really good kid, and all the money raised from uh, those sales of those shirts are going to there. We've already donated uh, $500 dollars uh, with sales of t-shirts and posters and we hope to go a little bit more hardcore on selling especially when things start getting back to normal with uh, shows live events so yeah get out there and support steven's wrestling journey uh steven's uh hearts for Kerry is also uh the hashtag and what uh, they have right now going on at sick kids so thank you uh, chris for being a part of this and we will see you later on with the regular podcast where we're going to look at the weekend news and get ready for In Your House uh, TakeOver NXT. Reverse all those uh, names as NXT TakeOver In Your House. Yes. <laughs> so thank you again, and we'll talk to you later. Absolutely.